Welcome to the third episode of Let's Get Practical. I'm Monica, your host, here to share a lot of the just little things that bring change, optimism to our lives. In today's episode, I want to introduce you to three people who have completely transformed my perspective on teaching, mentoring, learning, and how this changed the way I coach English or anything. With my ADHD and my sort of neurodivergent, weird, I don't know, strange brain, I noticed that I thrive with references, examples, like benchmarks. And I personally learn most and best by just looking over other people's shoulders, like, you know, how they're doing things. The three examples I'm about to share today have just really significantly shaped my teaching approach. When I teach, I almost try to recreate the experience I had with these te inspiring teachers. The first person I want to share is Professor Michael Leff. He was a history professor from the University of Illinois in Urbana-Champaign. Just for context, as an international student, like I used to really focus on getting high grades. I, I felt like I needed to maintain a high GPA. I would even drop classes if I felt like I couldn't achieve a good grade. And in a way, like I had good grades, but maybe like from an intellectual experience standpoint, my score maybe like was not as high as my grades. But when I returned after graduated, I went back as a visiting lecturer. A friend recommended Professor Leff's history class. So I asked his friend who was a philosophy major, a cellist, super, super interesting friend. And I had the chance while teaching at the university, I could observe a class for free. And yeah, I just wanted to, to really forget about grades and really focus on a class that would be very interesting and fun. So the course that I was recommended was a history of the U.S. since 1932. And I like I knew nothing about history, nothing about U.S. history, but I really trusted my friends. So I just took it. And it's um, the class covered the American response to like domestic and foreign changes from like the 1930s, like the Depression times, the post World War II period. So just a lot of, you know, like people would assign a textbook, right? But Professor Leff had this a thick binder of like curated collection of like news clippings, like readings, articles, like a collage of different material that we had to read ahead of class and participate in discussion. So it was not a larger lecture, but more of a discussion-based course. And these discussions were incredibly engaging. So Professor Leff encouraged conversation, you know, through like he was just like threading all the different responses that, you know, he would get from students and like his questions. And every time we would get a seating chart, we had to write down our names and he would call you by your first name. You know, no matter what you said, regardless of the degree of, you know, insight, he really found a way to make every comment useful. And he used that as an opportunity to share something meaningful to the rest of the class. So he made everybody feel very included. And I was sort of like the only one that was kind of an outsider, like from the engineering department. I was not even like, you know, attending the class for grades, but he made sure that I felt included and participated. And I almost like he assigned a law to read, but I wanted to read so I could participate and be part of it. And there was a lot a lot assigned for every for every course. 
So this experience inspired me to to just really ensure that all my students, you know, feel at home in the classroom and understand that their input, whatever it is, is meaningful. Um, another lesson that I learned from Professor Leff it was the, just the power of making subjects interesting through uh, just really carefully curated materials. His approach like motivated me to to actively participate in discussions even though I was not initially interested in American history. So I, I try to carry this approach into my own teaching and coaching. Like no matter what the topic is, I, I just find interesting angles. And most of the time my students, you know, like really get into it. So I try to put in front of them a variety of engaging content and materials, whether it's English or something else. I think that the material that you curate really invites people in to explore and get more into the topics. The second person, I'm going to first play a little clip from YouTube, and maybe some of you already know him, and then I'm going to tell you why this person inspired me. Let's think back. Where did we, what was the first thing we began with under indices, powers, exponents? What's the definition of an index? If I wrote, you know, a to the power of m, what does that even mean? It means a times a times a, how many times? m times, right? Okay, so let's actually write that. It's a times a times a, and I don't know however many times m is, right? But if it was one or five or 60, whatever it is, right? So I would write that that is m times. So this is Eddie Wu. He's a high school math teacher from Australia. He has like over 1.7 million subscribers on his YouTube channel. Um, over like 4,500 videos of his live lectures and more polished recordings. He has so much passion for math and for education that is like so evident in his voice that you can even feel from just a recording over a podcast. And he just genuinely wants his students to understand and to share his enthusiasm and a look at some of his like you know like popular videos like titles like the magical disappearing square like why is zero factorial equal to one dividing by zero like all of that i think really showcases his engaging and interactive teaching style his videos used to be very simple recordings of him just teaching at the board but his genuine interest in the subject matter is just is really obvious and yeah, just is very contagious, right? The power of you loving what you do, that can really transcend your teaching. And I've learned from Eddie that being truly just really invested in your subject, your teaching, your love for a subject really shines through. And I try to teach topics that I'm passionate about, whether it's like using Notion, like crafting emails, like teaching English or cooking, whatever it is, because I think that's one way is like your your advantage to reach out to your students. Eddie Wood serves as a role model for me. I try to like focus on loving my subject as much as, you know, on my teaching, because I think that can really complement your teaching. The last person I want to introduce you to is a dance teacher that I met when I was in Chicago from the Lou Conti Dance Studio. And yeah, I just want to play a little clip and then we're going to come back and I want to share 
what I've learned from her and why she's like such an important person, I think, in my in my teaching journey. Like I started my class today talking about like community and like us having this heartbeat that just beats um, on a daily basis that we know that we're alive. So like that's what dance is like it makes you feel alive. So you should want to share that and not feel insecure about doing that. I mean, you can't do anything else. Like you're trying to, like you keep battling, you keep battling, you keep battling, and for what? Right? At the end of it, it's like, for what? Like for what? For what? <laughs> yeah. During a break between jobs, I decided to do activities just, just for fun. And one of them was actually dance. I was just so bad. And I'm, I still am pretty bad. But it just like looks so cool when I saw people dancing. And I found a studio called Lou Conti Dance Studio in Chicago. I think they're, they're no longer open, offering dance classes for adults, like classical dance, like, you know, ballet, jazz, hip hop, like a lot of different things. And there were like many classrooms. And you can imagine tall ceilings, exposed HVAC, like, you know, loft, very, very kind of cool. Next to the ballet class, which was actually pretty awesome too, there was this jazz dance class. And the studio allowed students to attend any class, you know, without a long-term commitment. Like you just, so on the day, you can sign up for different classes if there was space. And one particular jazz dance class with teacher Diana Pritchen stood out. And I could just like feel her, I don't know, confidence, like power, charisma, and she just, just had something. So I, I signed up the next day and it was hard. Like the warm up was really hard, it was just like really hardcore. And I had specifically picked ballet because I thought, you know, I could follow. It was like slow enough for me to try. But, um, you know, jazz was just, just really bad. I, I like terrible bad, right? And I had a hard time remembering the moves, the sequencing. And I have terrible short-term memory, and it's almost like embarrassing how bad or how little I remember or retain. But then it just looked really cool, so I just kept trying and trying. I remember this one time when the song was pretty slow, so I was like, okay, wow, you know, like today's the day where I'm going to figure out the choreography, and this is possible. Like, I don't remember the specific track that we were dancing to, but we're just like following. And for this track, I'm finally kind of getting it, right? So no matter how bad your memory is, I think after you do it over and over and over again, your body will retain a little bit. And so I was like, wow, you know, like after this, I do this. I was just like replaying the moves in my head. I was like, you know, like hitting those moves without being so late. I knew where to turn, like, I knew where I was supposed to land after a turn. Like all of that was in my mind, like more clear than in other days. So I'm just, just like, you know, this is not bad. I got this. Okay. I wasn't, I wasn't terrible. And suddenly like Diana like stops the music and she goes, guys, you're not dancing. And she gave us a little speech, which she usually does like in between dances to like motivate us and to get us like really deep inside the dance. She was just like going through the lyrics, like each part of the lyrics, like one by one, almost describing 
the emotions we were supposed to experience. And the song, if I remember vaguely, was about this couple that is separating, and it is about feeling the pain of separation, missing somebody, like loneliness. And after the talk, she said, "Okay, let's try again." And we just focused on the lyrics, on feelings, and bam! Like she turns off the recorder again, and she goes, "Okay, now you're dancing." And this experience was just so so powerful. Like I was completely blown away because at that moment in time, like I really knew that I was really dancing. Like not just moving, not not like focusing on trying to hit the moves at the right time, but it was in a hundred eighty degree different. Like it was just so so powerful.、Um, and I was at that time like really inside the dance, so. Not thinking about anything else, but like getting into the song, just my body, and that really felt like dancing. So I would always tell myself, like, "Oh my God, I can't dance. I'm a terrible dancer." And I think, in a way, we make a choice not to do something, or like we make a choice to believe something about us instead of, yeah, instead of just really letting ourselves, you know, really be. And there are many times we tell ourselves, right? We don't let ourselves do things, and we're like stopping ourselves. And how this relates to English coaching—it's really amazing how, if I'm giving a class, let's say about self introductions, I give examples, I tell people like how to do things, and I give—I don't know—like scripts, I give like dialogue samples, different things that you could say about yourself. And what happens is like when I have people try or volunteer, people will stall. People like will just get embarrassed, and they will they will just not do a proper self introduction. So sometimes they overfocus on like you just kind of like following the mechanical instructions and forget they're communicating who they are. Many times students will say, "Oh, like my English is so bad." Like I can't speak English, but then what happens is like you know, like with the same group, I could maybe do like an ice breaking game or an activity,、uh, and sometimes for large groups I do speed dating, and I go, okay, you just have two minutes, and you want to get to know the other person as fast as you can within two minutes, introduce yourselves, like ask questions, and and normally like two minutes run by so fast. And it feels so short. And you know, if I'm like eavesdropping on people's conversations, I I can see that they they actually are introducing themselves and they are saying what they need to say. And it's this because they forgot it's a guided language activity, but they are just on a speed dating activity. Like they are just introducing themselves. They're focused on learning about the other person. That you know, like it just comes up a lot more naturally. So in a way, you have to like pass this this wall of like I'm not good at this, and just really focus on what is beyond that. And just like what Diana did, I try to help my students almost forget they're speaking in English. This is very counterintuitive, but I I really try to recreate those moments of you know now you're speaking in English, right? And I love presentation classes where where somebody presents, I give them feedback, and they go again. And you can literally see their eyes light up because、um, they know, like they did it, they presented, and they were actually really good at it. 
So from Dion, I've learned that we all have it in us, like we all have something in us. And it is just just playing tricks with our mind so that we we just kind of like loosen up those locks. And my role as a coach has been primarily like to just create this like environments where students are able to unlock a little bit. And because, you know, like maybe I'll get you distracted on something else or I'm just going to try to just help you focus on something else that can let you loosen up. So we those are the three teachers that really, really brought a lot, a lot of just a new meaning to teaching to myself. We all have teachers and people who just pass by maybe with a gentle touch, but just create a big wave of change. You know, I just want to share three of those people today. And I'm curious about your your role models, the ones that really bring transformation. And if you want to share with me your thoughts, you can find me on Twitter at Monica Lim Co. You can always, you know, reach out to me and I would love to to see how you are enjoying this this podcast. I'm having so much fun and I hope that you enjoy this episode. We'll be back with more.